1: welcome back to the bear report podcast my name is jeremy stoltz i'm the publisher of bearreport.com here today again with bears insider aaron lemming following another bears loss three and eight bears how you feeling
2: you know it's we're just at that point in the season all three years of john fox man they just completely fall apart i think we talked about it after the packers game i mean this is uh it's just man it's it's embarrassing to watch these games uh especially when they get blown out i understand i mean the eagles are a very good team don't get me wrong but that was bad
1: yeah that was an ugly game that was one team that was way 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 far ahead of another team and they showed it in every which way uh, Bears offense looked inept in every possible way. The defense was just out there way too long and made too many mistakes. And Carson Wentz in that offense took advantage of every single mistake that the Bears made. And it was just an ugly affair. 31-3 was the final uh, final score. The Bears on offense, 140 total net yards. And what was most disconcerting is the, is the rushing effort, I think. And, I mean, we'll talk about... Uh, Trubisky in the passing attack here in a second but uh, Jordan Howard had I believe that it, it was, it's the lowest all year and I believe it was his lowest of his career, 6 yards on 7 carries, I know he had 7 yards I believe in week 3 earlier this year, week 2 or 3 uh, so he beat that by 1 yard and uh, you know it was a, a case. I looked at the at the film today, and it was just a case of guys missing blocks left and right. That's all it was, and that that inability to get the run game going never allowed uh, the passing attack to 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 get off its feet. And really, you know, the play action game never you know posed any challenge because of that. And I really think that that in itself is on the offensive line. Uh, you know, let's take. I know you want to talk about Trubisky, but the run game itself. I mean, these types of games, we we see them happen on occasion. And it was in your when you were watching it. Is it just a case of Josh sitting going out early with a concussion? Because I saw everybody missing blocks out there.
2: I I just think their offensive line's been inconsistent all year. Right, and, and you know, I and we can get into it more as as everything progresses or whatever. But I I think I don't know if it's their offensive line coach that uh, you know they they made a change there. Uh, if it's just the fact that the, the personnel is not as good, I, I don't know. I, I don't understand how week in and week out this, this unit can be so inconsistent. I thought they had a pretty good game against the Lions overall. Uh, I mean, they rushed for a lot. They only gave up, I think it was one sack, granted, uh, against a, you know a much lesser defense. But it just, I mean, this is just the same thing, man. Week in and week out, we're seeing these inconsistencies. We're seeing... Just, man, I don't even, I I don't know, because, you know, I want to pile it all on John Fox, but at the same time, it's these these players going out there, it's like, it just, it seemed like from the very get-go that it's like they'd already lost the game, and speaking of the running game, and and just kind of want to bring this up, I don't know if you've seen it at all, but... There's been a few people on Twitter this morning posting saying I guess somebody that claimed to be uh, he said he was a bouncer at a Philadelphia bar and he said that he claimed that he saw three Bears players there uh, Sunday morning he said about one or two o'clock in the morning and he said one of those guys is Jordan Howard obviously we don't know how true that is or whatever it is but I, I definitely think that's somewhat interesting I don't know if that you know has anything to do with it but. If something like that really is true, I, I really think that this is getting to the point where uh, you know the, the team has definitely lost interest, and quite honestly, I mean their whole entire play looked like it. But I mean, when you're a run-first team and you can't even you can't even get that going, then um, you've got a rookie quarterback with no receivers. It's like, what do you? I mean, it's just, what do you expect to happen? I mean, it just, Trubisky had a bad game, obviously, we'll get into that, but I think the running game was a huge letdown. Tree Cohen had, what, one or two carries overall? Uh, I understand why they didn't run it as much, but at the same time, it just seems like Dow Loggins gets in these situations where his back's up against the wall and he has no clue what to do.
1: Yeah, we definitely saw that on on Sunday against Philadelphia I mean like you said once the run game got shut down he had no answer uh and really Philadelphia's defense was just all over everything that the Bears did I mean they stacked the box like every other team does against them but they were able to beat the one-on-one blocks consistently up front whether it was Bradley uh, solid getting beat, uh, Chow Long got uh, beat a few times. Uh, Bobby Latour, Latourable in pass protection. Charles Leno had a big holding penalty early on. I mean, everybody took turns, uh, you know, missing blocks up front. And yeah, like you said, it's it's the inconsistency because there is talent up front. But now, you know, we've talked about how we're in this development or, or you know uh, evaluation stage here, going down the the stretch here. Who who stays? Who goes? And I think when you see these games out of Bobby Massey, I know he still has some value in the run game, but you can save I think over five point four million next year by cutting him uh only five hundred thousand in dead money. I think you start looking at right tackle as a need going forward. I know you signed Charles Leno to a long term deal, so I, I don't think the bears to be giving up on him. I don't think left tackle be a priority. But then you start looking at, you know, Josh Sitton's age, how long the injuries that he's had to deal with You you know they haven't been able to really have any consistency on the inside because of those two not being able to stay on the field. Can you rely on both of them? Do you is is guard now a priority going into the draft? I I I think they've had some good games, but I also think that there's a lot of issues with this offensive line that uh, you aren't being talked about just because of the you know everybody's talking about Trubisky like we're just about to do right now. But you know in the defense, but I really think that this offensive line, which has always been the state, you know the 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 foundation. Uh, of the the last couple of years, they were always the 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 one thing that you could count on. Are, are now so inconsistent that it's starting to hurt, obviously the offense, but also Trubisky's development. And I you know, that's a good transition into Trubisky and just how you know you and I have talked about this a few times. How this is whether the win or lose, this is good experience for him. i, I I'm starting to wonder if be, being in such such an inept situation under a coordinator who doesn't really seems in over his head no wide receivers to speak of and like we talked about an inconsistent rushing attack uh, you know how uh how much good is this actually doing him right now
2: well i think and it's something i've wanted to and and at least for the time being this is what i've come away with i think the experience from itself is good i think getting in these snaps is good My concern here is, and it's something that we've talked about, uh, and I think this has a lot to do with coaching, is the fact that Trubisky is showing signs, developmental signs, uh, mechanical signs, uh, issues, I would say, that he did not show in college, and a lot of that is tied to accuracy right now, and I know a lot of people why is he so inaccurate, and then and a lot of it is just overall mechanics, whether it be his footwork, uh, whether it be, you know, the platform that he's sewing off of, whatever it may be. This is something that he hasn't had an issue with in the past. And uh, let, let me be clear when I'm when I'm talking about this, because I think this is completely reversible. This is something that can be fixed in the offseason. But this is and now I'm starting to see why there was a lot of rumors and talk that Pace did not want to play Trubisky this year. Uh, because, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious right now, whether it be Dave Ragone, whether it be, uh, you know, whether it be Dow Loggins or whether it be John Fox, uh, they are doing a terrible, and I mean a terrible job of developing Trubisky. I understand he doesn't have good weapons. I understand that, but you got a good running game. You should have a decent offensive line, uh, and you should be able to do enough to put him in decent positions. And right now, I just don't see that. Now, with that being said, I think this is this – is, I mean, let's just be honest. He had an awful game. I mean, there's really no way around that. His accuracy was off from the very start. Uh, you know, and it, it seems to be an, an issue over his last few games especially – and I think a lot of that, like I said, is mechanical. I think that can be fixed in the off season. But man, I'm telling you right now, you you watch these games and you see what's going on with Trubisky. I think is I think his confidence is waning a little bit. Not permanently, but I just I think when he sits in the pocket, he is simply not comfortable. Uh, they didn't hardly roll him out last, you know, this this past game. They didn't really do anything. I mean, the, just the inconsistencies from week to week, and this is something that we're going to keep highlighting: is the inconsistencies from week to week with this coaching staff, with the playing, everything. Uh, I think is definitely hurting Trubisky. And and I think it's it's developing habits that are probably gonna be a little harder to break than they would have he had sat the whole entire year. With that being said, uh I, I just think it's gonna be something that I, I, I really think Ryan Pace has to sit back and look at the situation. I'm assuming he is and and really see, okay, you know, I just spent a second overall pick on this guy. I just traded up, I just you know, and it's not a lot that they gave up, but they still gave up you know, they they still gave up value in the in this situation. And his whole entire career is tied to that. So I I really think with that in mind, I mean, you've got to look at this situation and say, all right, we absolutely have to find the best possible situation for Trubisky to go in next year with the coaching staff. And I I think it's becoming more and more evident each week. And I also think, uh, unfortunately for Dow Loggins, I think it's becoming more evident every week for him that he is simply not an NFL-caliber offensive coordinator.
1: Yeah, the issue with with Pace, though, is – if you're pace and you, and you want to put him in the best possible scenario, then you want to get some talent around him. And unfortunately, because of you, uh, some injuries that, you know, with Zach Miller, Kevin White, Cam Meredith, you know, your best best pass catchers all went, are out. Uh, you had a guy who lead, led the team... This year in a single season receive, in, receiving in 92 yards, I think it was week eight, Trey McBride, and you caught him today. Now, does that tell you, you does that give you the, the feeling that they're putting him in the best situation with that? I mean, they have four receivers on the roster right now, and one of them is Marcus Wheaton.
2: Well, um, you, know. <laughs> you
1: know what I'm saying? I, I, are you really putting him in the best situation? Because now you made you made a really good point. He looks uncomfortable in the pocket, and I think he's starting to play a little playground football. You're seeing hero football out there with him just trying to sling it around, just trying not to get hit because nobody's getting open and nobody's protecting him. And I think that's, uh, you know, I think it can have negative effects on him. And I don't, I don't understand why, why you're getting rid of a, a guy who has been more productive, far more productive. Uh, in the in the limited amount of action that he's had in Trey McBride I, and leaving just Kendall Wright, Marcus Wheaton, uh you know, Inman I I, I like Inman but I mean come on who who's he going to throw to over the next 5 games?
2: Well, uh, you know, I I was a little confused by the the cut but at the same time Uh, going back and watching some of what McBride has done and even listening to what the coaches are saying. And I could see it. I mean, he he runs some very questionable routes. But I think even more questionable than his routes are his decisions within his routes. And I think there was there was a few times in this last game where instead of you know, either cutting back to the ball or doing what he needs to do. He's just simply not making the right mental reads on the field for himself. Uh, you know that 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 receiver should be doing. And I think he's making a lot of. Uh small mistakes I I mean I agree to a certain extent but I mean I don't I don't mean to
1: interrupt you but what is Marcus Wheaton doing out there I mean how many small mistakes is Marcus I know you paid him a lot more money I I just don't understand is that enough to try to die who has a little has shown a little bit of something out there I mean Marcus Wheaton uh, how many catches does
2: he does he still is he still sitting on one catch one catch. Well, yeah. I got one reason for you why he's still in the roster. Well, yeah, I know. $5.25 $5. million. That's the reason, which is a mistake in its
1: own. I know. And that, again, that goes back to Pace. And I think this is a conversation that might be better for another time. But we've assumed that Pace's job is safe. And I I wonder if, you know, after a blowout loss like that, you know, you're coming off losing uh, to the – Packers in a game that you really should have won without Aaron Rodgers. I mean, things have just kind of spiraled out of control. Now you have th- these three games up ahead against Cleveland, uh, uh, Cincinnati, and San Francisco. All games that uh, appear very winnable, or at least did a few weeks ago. Uh, what if you lose two out of three of these next three games, and you also lose your, your, your final two against uh, the, the the Lions and the Vikings? Uh, is Pace's job? I mean, then you've then you've seen it just spiral out of control. Uh, is Pace's job as safe as
2: we thought it was even a month ago? Oh man, that's a good question because I I'd, I'd like to think that they would make a you know a, maybe a quote unquote knee jerk reaction, but there's been a lot of talk that the whole entire reason why Phil Emery got fired was because of how bad they spiraled in the second half. Personally, no, I don't think. It'll happen. I also think it's, I mean, it's remotely likely that they could lose two of these next three games. Jimmy Garoppolo starting on Sunday, and we'll get to, you know, we'll get to more of that on Thursday. But I mean, that game is all of a sudden not nearly as easy. I think the Browns, I mean, the Browns suck. I mean, there's really no way around that. The Bears suck too, but I don't think they suck as bad. Cincinnati's been playing a lot better since they got rid of their offensive coordinator. I mean, that it, it's very possible the Bears, and it's funny because I looked at it as like, oh, there's no way, you know, looking at the second half, it's like, there's no way they'll win at least six games. And now I'm looking at it, it's like, I, I still think they'll find a way to win five, but I mean, this is it, but this is where we're at. It's funny because we talked about this what two or three weeks ago. Even coming on the buyer, we're sitting here talking about they could get to five hundred, and here we are three weeks later on a four-game losing streak. Everything has spiraled out of control. It's like we've seen the story a million times, but in it, like you said, it's maybe this is a different conversation that we need to have a little bit later on down the line. What I will say is. Uh, one of the biggest things that's really stuck out to me with Ryan Pace this year uh, is, I mean, dude, his free agents. I mean, we we just talked about a few of them. Uh, his free agent signings this year have been absolute crap. And I want to talk about another one of them, and maybe you have something else to say. But we need to talk about why Deion Sims is on the field more than Adam Shaheen, and why Daniel Brown's on the field more than Adam Shaheen. I don't understand that. Well,
1: uh, yeah, we can we can definitely talk about that. Those are coaches' decisions. But I, I mean, just getting back to Pace. I I went through that situation with Mark Trestman and Phil Emery when things did spiral out of control, and I... You go up to Hallis Hall, and you're starting to get those same feelings. You see, you know, kind of that dead man walking when John Fox comes up to the press conference. You get that whole feeling that the entire building knows that he's gone. And uh, I, I was on the fence about whether or not Emery was going to get fired at the time. I wasn't, I, I'll be honest, I wasn't sure if he was going to get the ax. I knew Tressman was going in the same way that I know Fox is going. But if you if you keep pace, uh, then you, you know, how how much... Are you going to reward him with another contract? How how secure is his job now? If you don't have much security in your general manager, how how appealing does that job is that job then to those big name free agent or or, are not free agents, but those big name up and coming head coaches who might have you know two or three teams to pick from? Are the Bears gonna you know is that gonna preclude that big name guy from coming to Chicago? And they're like, well, man. Ryan Pace might be dead man walking. I don't know who they're gonna re- re- replace him with. You know I, the repercussions of that. I mean, how do you, how do you go about doing that? We saw that. I mean, they they forced Lovie Smith on on Phil Emery. We saw how that turned out. I mean, are you gonna force a new uh, Ryan Pace on a new head coach, even though that you, you know you're kind of thinking that Ryan Pace might be gone in a year? I think it's in, you're putting yourself in a tough situation if things do continue to spiral out of control, which is why I think. Like I said, I've seen it, I've been there, i felt it If this continues, if they do start Losing, if they lose to the 49ers And let's say they go, I mean that, that Cleveland Game's on the road, they go into Cleveland and lose That game, I, I, Cincinnati's been Playing better, I mean if you, you go one and five One and four the rest of the way You know, you win four games this year Does pace deserve, I mean after Four years you've had a, a top Ten draft pick in each uh, draft And you gotten worse basically every single Year, I mean it doesn't all fall On John Fox at that point and you have have to wonder if they would just clean house in the same fashion that they did with Mark Trestman and Phil Emery, and just trying to start over again. I don't know. I I, I really think that it, that decision hasn't been made at Hallis Hall in terms of the McCaskeys, in ter- in terms of Ted Thompson. I, I really think that how they finish out this season not only is going to have an impact on John Fox. I, I really don't think it's going to have any impact. I think I think Fox is drawn either way, but I think it will impact ryan pace in a way and I, I think that his job is less and less secure the worse and worse they look on a weekly basis and if things like these rumors about the players going out until one in the morning on game day turn out to be true then it, then you have a team that's totally lost so wh- you know why would you think that ryan pace is the guy who's gonna you know help get it, stabilize everything when he was the one who was under uh, the guy uh in control when everything you know uh got out of hand i i you know, it it, it it feels like that Phil Emery uh, feeling that I got. And, I, I, again, we'll, we'll talk about this later as we move down the season. But uh, I just I wanted to bring it up now because I don't know how safe Pace's job here is going forward if they continue to look like crap.
2: And, man, did they look like crap in that game. Uh, defense... So- so, before you move on really quick uh were you there on monday uh with the whole yelling match thing that happened out in the hallway were you there for any uh, of that no 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 i was uh unable to get up there and also didn't
1: have to deal with the sushi smell that was up in uh, <laughs> uh up in Hallis hall but yeah i didn't I, I didn't witness
2: the uh the yelling match okay fair enough i just i just had to get that out of the way because that could have been a uh, good uh, good radio talk there for a minute
1: yeah, and I, I think that's you know what we're talking about when you talk about what happened at Household—the yelling match between the players, um, you know—and I'll get up there this week, and I'll know more when we talk on the Thursday uh, podcast. But uh, you know, that's what you see when when a, a team is just totally out of control. We you know we heard yelling matches when Brandon Marshall was here uh, in, under Mark Trussman. I mean, that's when uh, things have just gotten beyond the point of, of return, and you know uh, that's. I mean, we all blame John Fox for it for sure, but how much blame does Ryan Pace get for it? I think that it's good that you bring that up. And again, I'll have more info on Thursday. But yeah, I mean, when you when you have that kind of uh, you know such a hostile environment that you've created, that you're the one who's the the, the the head guy in charge. You've this is what has come of your three years here. Uh, how much how much blame does he he deserve? We'll talk about that as we go on. Um, in that game against uh, the the Eagles couple of things that I wanted to point out. Patrick O'Donnell had a horrible game. couple of shank punts that uh, uh, put the Edos in great field position. I think the first uh, uh, scoring drive, they only had to go 40 yards. Just, uh, the ball went right off of O'Donnell's foot. So I think we talked about inconsistency with the offensive line. His inconsistency uh, has kind of reared its ugly head as of late. He had started to come around. Uh, and be more consistent this year. And he he still has fairly decent numbers. But, man, that really hurt the Bears, putting them back uh, in those field positions. And then uh, there was three big plays in my mind, and they all turned into touchdowns that were just basically mistakes by the secondary. And we'll talk about them real fast. Um, The Ertz TD, what was Adrian Amos thinking on that play? I mean, Ertz gave him one head fake, and that spun Adrian Amos completely around any i mean we we talked about Amos and how well he's played in the box but it appears to me over the last couple of games that he is definitely not improved in coverage at all
2: yeah and i think that's i think that's kind of part of his role in terms of why he's been so much better this year is he i mean he's not getting coverage i mean that's just really the way it is and And I think as a whole, and I'm not overly alarmed just because you kind of expect it to happen. I mean, the whole entire defense right now. I mean, we're talking the whole entire defense has just kind of fallen off a cliff with the whole entire team. Uh, But especially in the secondary, and I think uh, you you look at the back half of that, and I don't think Eddie Jackson's had a a few good games. And I just, man, I don't know. I I thought the same thing on that that Amos uh, play, though, because I'm sitting there watching him. It's like, I mean, he bites on the easiest things. And, I mean, that's just – that's – those kind of things can't happen, and I understand. Like I said, I mean, he's he well, he's going in his fourth year next year. I think if they have a defined role for him and he's more of kind of like that linebacker over the middle, you know, in the box kind of guy, then fine. But uh, we, we just keep seeing over and over that he is not a cover guy, which is funny because in college, I mean, he played corner and he was actually he played uh, pretty tight coverage in uh, at, at Penn State as a corner, and then they moved him to safety. And I thought he actually projected uh, a lot better as a free safety than he did a strong safety but i mean he's just done a complete 180 with that being said though i mean he had i think outside of that play i thought a- amos actually had a pretty decent game he had what uh was it a force force fumble and he had a he had a few nice tackles i mean the the team as a whole played like crap but i thought out of all the crappiness i thought he was probably you know one of the uh the least guys that i would blame outside of that touch the least the least crappy but yeah that i mean
1: the the you know he gave up the big play right there and that's what got the 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 eagles going and i think it, you, you brought up a good point mentioning eddie jackson you know we talk about trubisky regressing well how how much is a guy like eddie jackson regressing with just the way that the defense has kind of been getting beaten up the last few weeks is he going to start uh, playing worse and worse as it goes along <clears throat> you know if you don't move forward in the game to the alshon jeffrey touchdown Jackson was right there He was uh, trailing uh, Alshon And uh, the linebacker was dropping back I can't remember if it was Jones or uh, Kwiatkowski, but Jackson just all of a sudden gave up and just let Je- Jeffrey go into the back of the end zone. That was an easy play for Carson Wentz. There was nobody there. I don't know why he would have thought that the linebacker would have been able to drop back that quickly and trouble a receiver that tall. But Jackson was in position to make a play and just stop. So you're starting to see regression from him. And also, uh, you know, Kyle Fuller, the play, the Nelson Aguilar uh, touchdown, that's Kyle Fuller just ducking his head and diving at his ankles, and Aguilar diving right over him, uh, you know, for the score. So all three of those plays, those those touchdowns for Carson Wentz uh to the receivers were just uh mistakes uh made by the secondary. They were all preventable plays that they the, you know that they these types of plays that weren't happening uh 2 3 weeks ago and that's I think that's what we're getting at. We're seeing a team that is just uh, spiraled to the point where now everybody's playing light crap. You know what I mean? Like the even the guys who were playing well before, team Hicks still shows up Uh, from time to time, but, you know, uh, when was the last time Eddie Goldman made a great play? I mean, without Leonard Floyd, you know, you're seeing Isaiah Irving getting half the reps at at outside linebacker. Uh, You know, I think this is just a situation where now the losing is just becoming contagious, and it's just spreading throughout. Uh, You know, it's going from the offensive side of the football, and now it's going to the defensive side of the football. And, you know, it's not like they they weren't trying. I mean, they they, they forced, uh, I believe, three fumbles, in the game, I mean, they, they gave the Bears an opportunity, but the offense turned around and just, I, I mean, the offense they had the 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 early forced fumble, and, and uh, the offense went three and out the next uh, drive, and the uh, Philadelphia got the ball back, went down and scored. So it, it's like the, no matter what the defense does, the offense can't take advantage of it. And you know, if you go to that, I was looking at the at the the play drive or the the game drives here. In the series, the, the offense went three and out the entire first half. Their first five drives didn't get a first down until a, a, over two minutes into the third quarter, um, which, you know, at that point, it, they were down 24 nothing. Game was over by that point. I mean, anything that happened in the second half isn't even worth talking about because at that point, it was, you know, it was gravy. We all knew after probably two touchdowns that the game was over just with the way it was going. Uh, and the Eagles really. You know they took it to them and they embarrassed them. I mean they they were out there all doing their uh, choreographed uh, nonsense and and taking group photos and really having a whole lot of fun at the Bears' expense. And I think that's that's what where the Bears are. I mean it's sad to say. I hate I, I hate getting to this point where you know we, we're talking about the Bears being the doormat and the laughing stock. But if you play like that, you can't expect to get any respect from anyone in the league you know the bear i mean i think philadelphia went forward on fourth down three or four times once uh from seven yards out i mean they just they they had no they knew they were going to get it every single time i mean that that's 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 the team that the bears that's a team that's where that is plateaued that is that is uh, an, uh a uh tender in the nfc for uh going to the super bowl that's where the bears are trying to get and I think there was some one positive thing that I would like to bring out from that game, and we can quit talking about all the bad things. Is is the way that Carson Wentz played? And I want to I want to I went and looked at the numbers last year. And first off, he was just amazing yesterday. That or, I'm sorry, on Sunday, that spin move that he made when Craven LeBlanc came free on the uh, on the blitz was uh, unreal from a, from a quarterback position. I mean that he played the perfect game. And just made the Bears pay with every mistake that they made. But that was not the same player that he was last year in the second half. His last nine games last year, he threw just six touchdowns compared to 11 interceptions. Uh, you know, a guy who got a lot of reps like Trubisky is right now, but really struggled and, and took his lumps. And, you know, here, you know, same position in the draft, second overall pick. A lot of similarities in their games. Um, built the same way, they they have the same type of mobility, uh, but it took Carson Wentz a year of kind of kinda, you know getting his butt whooped to you know really develop and mature into the player that he is this year. And, and obviously he has more weapons at his disposal than Trubisky does. But if the Bears can can rectify that, get some more playmakers around Trubisky, I, I think when when I was watching the game, I was seeing to me the potential for Trubisky in Carson Wentz. Uh, you know, we've talked about this with Jared Goff, but, we, you know, we haven't really been able to see him up close. Seeing Carson Wentz do that to the Bears at least gave me the hope that if Trubisky does take that big step forward, like both Goff, Goff and Wentz have, then the Bears can finally get out of this damn hole that they've been in for the last seven years.
2: You know, I, I watch. You know, I, I was definitely disappointed because I was hoping to see, and I'm not saying I was hoping to see Trubisky outplay Wentz because he's playing at an MVP level, but I was hoping to see some sort of flashes obviously didn't happen. Like we said, he had a bad, I mean, he had the worst game of his career, whatever, you know, it. it th- these are expected. Uh, biggest thing is how he's going to bounce back, but I find it interesting that, you know, you're talking about, you know, how, how Wentz went from year one to year two and how Goff went from year one to year two and and i think really the common trend within this uh outside of you know cuz Philadelphia had the same exact coaching staff uh you know obviously the rams have a different coaching staff but the common trend between the two of those t- teams is they added receivers they added playmakers uh and I think that's the biggest thing for the Bears right now. I, you know, I, I, think if you get the right offensive coordinator, head coach, whatever, uh, they can figure out how to use Trey Cohen. I think that's fine. I think, uh, you know, Jordan Howard, I mean, he's going to be a guy that's going to be top five, top 10 in rushing every single year. Not worried about that. Uh, I think Adam Shaheen has shown some stuff. Um, You know, I I think they have some stuff there. Cameron Meredith coming back next year. I mean, ACLs aren't as big as they used to be. Uh, You know, even if he's your number two, number three, I mean, that's not bad. So I guess what I'm getting at here is you look at what the Eagles did. They added Alshon Jeffrey and Torrey Smith. Those were the two big guys. Uh, Nelson Aguilar has definitely come on this year. Um, You just talk about receivers. And you look at a team like the Rams, they did the same thing. They went out, added Robert Woods. They added – Sammy Watkins, I know there was uh, Cooper Cup. Uh, I think there was one other guy, but either way, I guess the, the common trend here is the Bears need to attack receiver. Uh, I mean, that's just that simple, and I think that's going to fix a lot of things as long as they have the right coaching in there. Uh, what I will point out, though, is that uh, his name is Benjamin Solak. He writes for uh, Bleeding Green Nation, which is an uh, Eagles website, and he actually went through this last week uh, since the Bears were playing the Eagles, and he went through and he compared... Uh, Trubisky and kind of you know what uh, Doug Peterson said about him and how the, the two translate you know from how Carson Wentz looked in year one and you know moving on to year two and how Trubisky's looked in year one so far. And even an Eagles writer, uh, and he's also a big draft guy, basically, you know, saw a lot of similarities and saw why the comparisons were being made. And he seemed pretty optimistic in the fact that, uh, you know, that, that Trubisky can make a big step in year two. Obviously, there's some flaws there. But, I mean, everybody that has seen Trubisky play, I think, understands the situation, understands that, I mean, he is in probably about the most, you know, the least ideal position you could possibly be in for a rookie, maybe outside of, like, Deshaun Kaiser. Uh, so I, I just think fans really just need to keep things in perspective. I understand. And there's nothing wrong with saying Trubisky had a bad game. He had a bad game. Okay, cool. There's nothing wrong with saying Trubisky had a good game. You know, he's had good games, but everybody needs to kind of keep things in the context. And I mean, we have two quarterbacks from last year alone. Everybody anointed Dak Prescott last year said how, you know, he was going to be the best quarterback in the whole entire class off of the one year. And now we're seeing a complete flip where Carson Wentz is an MVP candidate. Jared Goff's playing at a top 10 level. And uh, really, Dak Prescott's missing some of his weapons, and he's in a less favorable situation. And he hasn't been playing well. So let's just give this some time. It, I understand it's rough. There A lot of bad things going on right now. But... I don't think the Bears I, – and I still – I know it's hard to say after a loss like this and after a tailspin. I don't think the Bears are that far away. I, I, I really don't. I, I think they've got to make some moves. Ryan Pace has got to be aggressive in free agency. Uh, you know, We'll we'll keep talking about that as everything goes on. But I don't think the Bears are that far off. I well, really don't.
1: It, not only are the comparisons uh, worthwhile when, when we're talking about Wentz and, and Goff, but, I mean, you go back to the year before – Mariota right now, the Tennessee Titans are seven of four, and they're 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 at the top of their division. I mean, he's uh, developed. You know, he's not a, 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 an MVP candidate and and putting up the numbers like Goff and Wentz, but he's turned into the, uh, a pretty damn good game manager. You put good pieces around him, and all of a sudden, you know, they're they're at the top of their division. I mean, these guys really the only one the only one of those top four guys who hasn't really been able to turn his team around has been uh, Jameis Winston. But I don't think that's all his fault. And I still think that Winston is a very good quarterback. So I, I, I think that you know you're right. You, you can't, we can't overanalyze every single thing that he does. I think that we need to look at it in a big picture way. If he is regressing, that that's not good. Uh, but like you point out, those things can be uh, fixed with a better coaching staff, with some uh, with some more time working on those things. But. Uh, I, I think overall, this is experience that 's going to uh, serve him well going forward, no matter what happens in the when lost column, or how the bears play or whether or not they 're able to rush a ball or if the, if the protection's good, like you said, you get him some weapons and you give him some talent around him he 's already got a few pieces, get him a few more out wide, uh get some better blocking up front, and you know th- there's some there 's some ta- young talent on defense I agree. I really think a lot of this—the mess that has been made this year—is on the coaching staff. They've—they've they've again been hit by injuries, hard on defense, and that's been uh, tough to overcome for them. But I, I do think that the future is relatively bright, which is what you know. Which is why you know, going back to the Ryan Pace conversation, I you know, I'm, I'm on the fence. I, I do think that he's done enough good in the draft. where there's enough good young talent that this should appeal to. An up-and-coming head coach candidate, you know, this could be a good destination for them, especially with a good young quarterback like Trubisky. So, uh, yeah, I think with you just look at what the past few quarterbacks who were drafted, uh, where at or near where Trubisky was drafted, they've all really developed and and carried their their team uh, to their potential. So, I don't see why that can't happen with the Bear staff, just as long as the right guys are in charge. And I think that's the biggest thing that's going to come out of this upcoming off season, probably the day after. After the season ends, Fox will get fired, and then it will be a process of if it's if its pace gets fired too, then they got to start with getting a GM. That would you know, and that's not an ideal situation either because then that delays getting a head coach. I mean, it's something we can distress going forward. But I think if they get the right guys in here, you're right. The future is bright, and I think that you know, over analyzing Trubisky right now doesn't do you any good. Uh, if it if it if it makes you feel any better, draw Play some golf. Although it's getting pretty uh, pretty cool in Strata to play golf right now, but uh, you know I think next season going forward. If you get if you get the right guys teaching him the right things, I think I think the uh, the future is bright for this for this team. I, I don't I don't like doing these podcasts where we just sit and rip on the team. So, come you know finishing up here, I'd like to be a little bit more positive and say that hey, if to if 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 Jared Goff can do it, if Carson Wentz can do it, if if Marcus Mariota can do it, then there's no reason Mitch Trubisky can't do it.
2: So I mean if we want to keep I hate to say this but if we want to keep on the positive route and uh you know kind of talk about some some things to look forward to here uh Greg Gabriel had put out a thing earlier today on Pro Football Weekly uh saying that neither Fox or Fangio was going to be a part of the future. I think we pretty well kind of knew both of those but I think it's interesting and I put out a little thing on Twitter, just kind of, you know, what, what I hear from time to time. And basically what I've been told is, you know, Ryan Pace has a few guys in mind, a few candidates, obviously that's going to expand, but he has a list that he came in with, uh, assuming he's still the GM, which I think he will be. Um, And he had a list that he came in with for the interview. And I guess some of those guys are still on his list. I don't know what the names are, anything like that, but you know, it's, it's going to be a long five weeks. Uh, I, Trust me. I mean, I, I I'm emotionless when it comes to it, but it's still frustrating because I don't like being a fan and having to check out week nine of a season or week 10 or whatever it is. But I think there's a lot of positives here. And I think as far as the the head coaching thing, I think it's going to be a pretty exciting time. I mean, I'm already I, I already have multiple different things that I'm kind of putting together for the head coaching search, stuff like that. Uh, and I think there's a lot of different, you know, interesting things because you look at some of the teams that the Bears have played over the last few weeks. And even going back to Frank Reich, uh, the uh, the offensive coordinator for Philly and their uh, their quarterbacks coach, uh, John DeFilippo. I mean, I mean, you have those guys, you have Pat Shermer, who's the offensive coordinator for Minnesota, uh, Jim Bob Cooter, the offensive coordinator for uh, for Detroit. I mean, I just think this is a time where Bears fans can kind of sit back and look at some of these different candidates that are going to be there. Um, but like I was saying earlier, right, I, I do think it's going to be an offensive mind and I do think they do need an offensive mind, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of ways that they can go right now. And I, I think it's, I mean, at least for me, from a fan perspective, I don't know how it is for you, Jeremy. I mean, obviously you got to cover things a lot more and this is your job, but at least for me during the off season, off season's is a heck of a lot more fun when they're hiring a coach and, you know, you kind of get the excitement of of new things and on top of that in the off season, but. I think there's a lot of good stuff to come. I and as we've seen, you know, with the Rams, the Eagles, uh, I mean, there's been all sorts of teams that have made the jump uh, from you know from basically one year to the next. I mean, the Bears. I think personally, just my personal opinion, I think it would benefit the Bears to win uh, another. I'd say two games, just for the simple fact that I think it would be a better sell for free agents coming in. Uh, maybe a little bit better self or you know coaching candidates, whatever, and the and the, and the players still on the team. But I just I'm not buying into this whole they you know tank for the draft. They got the quarterback. I don't think they need a tank. I think you know uh, even even two wins, a five and eleven season shows some sort of progress from last year, and I think they can use that as a stepping stone, even with the new head coach.
1: Well, I think that it, it would help. I mean, at this point, I I, I understand people who were calling for the tank for the for the for the draft pick, but you know, <clears throat> Pace has had three. Top 10 draft picks who, to this point, have not uh, performed like top 10 draft picks. I do think Trubisky will eventually. I think Leonard Floyd might eventually but you know as much as leonard floyd did and he contributed in many other ways he was you know averaging 0.5 sacks per season in his second year so it wasn't like he was taking that big beasley step forward so uh, you know who knows how much good he can do with another top 10 draft pick if he do, if he takes another wide receiver then I, it will convince me that he is not the man for the job because i think you can find a decent wide receiver outside of the top 10 uh and he should have learned his lesson uh in that regard but uh, i think you get a good edge rusher you get a maybe a good uh, offensive tackle that can really solidify that offensive line. Uh, you, another good draft and, and a, a good coaching staff, and, and this Bears team can really take a, a step forward next year. I think uh, that's as positive as we can leave this podcast based on a, a coming off a 31-3 to loss. But <clears throat> interesting week this week. Jimmy Garoppolo was named the starter today for the 49ers. Uh, hometown guy uh, from Illinois. Uh, played football out here and uh a lot to talk about uh with him starting and the potential the bears actually uh, losing to a 49ers team who uh we we thought might have just been a pushover a few weeks ago so uh <clears throat> hope you have a great week we'll talk again on Thursday uh Be sure to follow Aaron on Twitter at AaronLemmingNFL. Give me a follow at BearReport. You can check out all our work at uh, BearReport.com as well as our BearReport Facebook page. Talk to us every day on the BearReport message boards. And if you haven't already, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. That's it. Have a great week, everybody. We'll talk to you on Thursday. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G.